every single day. This is Entertainment Weekly Radio's News and Notes with Julia Cunningham and Mario Correa. We're going to continue talking about this this comedy legend, this amazing woman, Joan Rivers, today during News and Notes. I'm alone, actually. I'm just Julia Cunningham. Mario is out for the day. But do not worry, because we do have a great show that's going to remember her life still, uh, including the amazing Ron Bennington, who I'm sure you've heard from Raw Dog. You know his show, Ron and Fez. But you also might have been hearing his Unmasked that's been airing uh, here on EW Radio, uh, which he kindly let us air. Ron Bennington is a master interviewer, and I'm excited that he's going to come on and, and hang out with us and talk about uh, his time with Joan. We're also going to have Eliza Schlesinger, who is a, a guest that we've had on before, a f- great female comic that we believe in. And she wanted to uh, also comment about Joan Rose. We're going to talk about her later. And also the editorial director of People and Entertainment Weekly, Jess Cagle, was at the event, the last event that Joan Rivers was at, and he's going to tell us about it uh, later on in the show. But Ron Bennington has joined me in the studio. Ron, thanks for coming and hanging thanks out. Thanks for having me on, Julia. I no, appreciate it. I really appreciate that you've, you've come to talk and, and let us air this incredible unmask, this this conversation you had with Joan Rivers. We've been airing it you know, a few times now on our on our channel, and we pulled some audio that we played yesterday, and it was so candid. You know, do you still have that almost interview just like fresh in your mind? Well, well, actually, I had had to do a couple interviews with her before we got up to that one. This interview I, I've always wanted to do with her because she's was always such a complicated person. You know, I mean, yeah. you can see it in the fact that she's passed away. And, you know, we were over on the comedy channel and you're like, Hey, before we play this stand-up of hers, is it appropriate to play on the day that she died? And it's not. Nothing she's ever done is appropriate. But at the same time, you know, she would have this shock and also be a really sensitive person. You know, would be this person who wanted to cross lines, but then would be really thoughtful. So I think that's what people get when they go back and listen to the Unmasked I did with her. Is that it? You come out of it and realize, okay, there's more there than we know. But you know, who is she? We never, yeah, yeah, we never really find out. I don't think. No, you know? but I, I think it was, it was so great to hear her, and you're also a great interview in like getting this information out because you know she's talked about her relationship with Johnny Carson before, but her saying, you know, I think. He was hurt because I was his favorite. Yeah. It was such a moving line to hear her say yeah. during that moment. Like, had you actually heard her talk about her relationship with Johnny Carson like that? Well, no, not in those ways, uh, but also in the same way. And she had mentioned to me a little bit on the air, but more off the air. She loved Jimmy Fallon so much for bringing her back. So for a person who, lo- who loved to burn bridges, and she did. At the same time, she had more respect for certain permanency of show business. She has so much respect for The Tonight Show, um, so much respect for certain rooms where people do comedy. But at the same time, she would push them all away. Um, I, I think that she loved Carson too, as much as, the, as she loved The Tonight Show. Yeah, I think they had something between them that, you know... In another time or whatever. You know, Ron, you had mentioned that you had, you did, you know, a few interviews before mm-hmm. sort of this one where she really was so candid. I mean, 
even when you have someone like a Joan Rivers and you're thinking, where do I even go? I mean, there's so much that you could cover with her. What did you kind of want to get out of the way? Or did it was like build a relationship to to really get the comfort zone for her to really talk to you? You know what I wanted to talk to her about is what I, I talk to most people about is creativity. That's always been something that that I love to talk to people about. And I'll never forget this as long as I live. This is the one thing that I will always remember about Joan. I was talking to her about writing and performing and writing jokes and i and and i said to her you know have you written today and she opens up her purse and pulls out these bar napkins and little scraps of paper with gags written on them and she goes what about this one and she would just and this is the stuff that she had been writing you know at breakfast or in the car and i don't think people get that part of it that it is a 24 hour a day thing creativity you don't know where it's going to come from and she really was an artist and we don't talk about comedians that way you know it's very rare for us to say that a comic is an artist but she was she really really was and she was a person that people you know i think that most of her humor came from a you know we're not going to be we're not going to be afraid of fear you know and I think that's why even some people knew that Joan, on the day that she died, would be writing jokes, you know, inappropriate jokes about the day that she died. Yeah. I, yeah. you know, I know it's almost like, you know, I saw so many tweets where they were saying, you know, Joan, you have to pull through for the amount of material you would have right, right. now, you know, which is like so horrible, but it is like so funny. That's like the way you think about Joan Rivers in some ways. It's hard to even believe that she's not here. And yeah. it's hard to believe that you say that somebody's 81 and, and we, and we lost them and we didn't get enough. Because I remember after that unmasked, I thought, I bet she's going to be doing this for 20 years. Oh, there was yeah. no way she would have stopped doing comedy. Never. No, no. Never would she have given it up. Um, but, you know, yesterday on my show, the people that called up and said that, you know, how much she meant to Joan, because she wasn't this kind of, she didn't go around lecturing people or whatever, but the amount of Susie Essman called me, Lisa Lampanelli called me, uh, Amy Schum- Schumer called and was um, breaking up a little bit because these women were younger and looked up on their TV and they thought to themselves, okay, women do this. It was such a rare thing to see a woman go out the way that Joan did on stage, you know, just being that fearless, you know, that wild. So any woman that followed, you know, the next generation stuff, you know, in some ways has to look at Joan as a, uh, a pioneer. The great thing about her is she never wanted to hear about anybody else. <laughs> you know what I mean? She was like, why would I comment on Sarah Silverman? I'm doing my show. No, I don't go and watch. Uh, Lisa Lampanelli said to me uh, that Joan never said anything nice about her and she didn't care. She said, I thought it was just great. Joan knew who I was. You yeah, know? yeah, that's like a badge of honor getting yeah, that. Yeah, now you know? you're there. Well, it's funny because did you? I'm sure you saw her documentary, a piece of work, unbelievable, which right? is unbelievable. But she says that you know she says or they, she comments like, yes, you know, fem- people come up to me all the time saying, you know, you open these doors for me, and she always says, I just want to say, f them, I'm still opening doors. <laughs> yeah, right. And it's so true. Well, uh, the unmask ends with I'm what I say to her. I know that you don't want me to call you a legend or an icon, so I'll tell you that you're the edgiest, hardest-working comedian or whatever working today. Because it is true. If you go and compare her to guys that are 40, 
50 years younger than her that work on the edge. You know, I don't care if it's Kevin Hart or Jim Norton, whoever. Joan was right there with them. And those comics would tell you the same thing. She had major respect of comedians. David Tell, Louis C.K. looked at her like a contemporary. They really did. They thought of her not as a nostalgia act like what happens sometimes when people are in their 80s. They thought of her as a contemporary comic that right. they they had to beat premises to to the stage with. Uh, Ron Bennington is with us. He hosts the Unmasked. We've been playing here on Entertainment Weekly Radio, but of course you probably know him from um, Raw Dog, where he hosts in the afternoons. Um, and thank you also for coming in and hanging out. Would you kind sure. of explain to our listeners though, like what it really was like? Because the thing that I think some people really forget is that she was that only woman in the men's writers' room. She was like that woman on TV. Like how important that was. For her career early on. Well, yeah, there wasn't much to compare her with. I mean, if you look at any women of her time, uh, it's like maybe Toadie Fields. uh, And I can't think of at Moms Mabley, I guess, would fit into that, even though they didn't work the same rooms. So here are the contemporaries that she started with. Bill Cosby, Richard Pryor. Um, she started with, like, Richard Pryor. Like, that's yeah, crazy. All down in the village, right? Yeah. So they're basically working for the Pass the Hat. Woody Allen is there. And Lenny Bruce is there as well. George Carlin is part of that crew. These people that she worked with were the people that shaped comedy for the next 50 years. They went from the old Catskills joke to sitting around doing material, whether it was relevant. Um David Steinberg was one of those guys. Mort Saul is of the same generation. There's no other women in that crew at all. So when she is up on stage, it is of a time where people are going, why aren't you home? Why aren't you taking care of a baby? Why aren't you building a house? You know what I mean? Just her being there by itself with nothing else done is a feminist move. You know what I mean? Mm. It's... It's a step ahead, even if she never does one feminist piece of material, just her existing in that world. And she decided very early on, I don't know whether I can be funnier than everybody else, but I can outwork them. And she never turned down gigs. Uh, Some of the reasons when people would go, um, you know, look at Joan, she's doing this commercial or this small TV show you know, her career must be because she never stopped working, whatever it happened to be. If things were big, she'd sign for the big stuff. But if things got slow, she didn't hit the beach. She kept no, working. And, and that's a good point, because, you know, Ron, when we look at her career, you know, there were some lulls and there were some ups and downs. Yeah. But she was constantly working through those. She yeah. was a good businesswoman, too. Well, the you know, she let Edgar take care of everything. And then when she di- when when he died, um Maybe he didn't do such a good job. Right. She learned that lesson. So she just went to work until it was taken care of. In the meantime, you know, she would, she had this beautiful townhouse, uh, on the top floor of a townhouse in, on Park Avenue, 62nd Street, gorgeous 15, 20 million dollar place. She'd leave there, get on a plane, and she's working gigs in Iowa, working gigs. It's stuff that people don't do. You know, you don't leave. The, the big place. I'll tell you another thing, Julia. I'll never forget with her. One day she was in and it was her and Melissa together and they were promoting this, uh, show that they had together. And there was just a little piece, just like a little block piece 
in a um, in the Long Island newspaper, and her publicist shows like, look, here's something, and she goes like this. All right, see, here's this thing that you wouldn't think she would care about at all. This is a person who'd been on the cover of every magazine, and she was happy just that the, her show was getting a mention. In this small, and, and I'm thinking to myself when I'm looking at her, all I ever do is hear people in this business complain, I should have got this or whatever. And hear this woman who's been as high as you could go, had no problem going out there grinding out to get people to pay attention to what her new project was. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. And she got in with QVC so early on. QVC. <laughs> like, it's so smart. Yeah. QVC and like again, there were people that thought it was such a bad thing for her career. Like, what is she doing, yeah. honking this stuff? No, no. she yeah. was she was totally fine with doing it. She yeah. knew, she knew. Um, so Ron, what was sort of like your entry? Were you did you just walk, was that seeing her on Carson? That was like sort of your early. You know, I uh, it's so interesting that you brought that up because when we were doing the tribute to show, I could not remember. A time in my life that I didn't know who Joan Rivers was. Oh, really? And I actually went back, and there's certain performers that I just felt like they've always been there. But I was the kind of kid, if, you know, the comic was going to be on, on The Tonight Show, I was going to stay up for it, you know? So I always knew her material. And for people that can remember when Johnny Carson had the show, if Johnny Carson laughed, it made it even funnier. And she, and she was one of those people that, could crack him up. So I I also was thinking about this. I don't know whether I ever saw Joan have a bad set, you know, because she That's would come out. Point. She would come out and do more jokes until she won that room over. Um, she was relentless, like a prize fighter, like a prize fighter. Anytime that she went out and did material. So since you know her comedy really well, because we've yeah. been recommending, you know, especially the documentary and stuff, like, are there some specific bits that we can tell people to look up to make sure are kind of like quintessential Joan Rivers? Well, you know what? You can go to YouTube and there is stuff that she did that was very controversial in the 1960s uh, where she did a joke uh, basically saying that she was going to have her girlfriend went to have another epidemic and um yeah and like Haiti or something and it was basically doing an abortion joke right when it was still illegal and that's the edgiest stuff that i could imagine any woman doing back in those days yeah long before roe v wade you know what i mean long before roe v wade so yeah i i think if you'd go to youtube and just i mean there's such a plethora of stuff. Out yeah, there now. it really is. I yeah, I was catching up over the weekend, just watching you know just a rabbit hole of Joan Rivers clips, and yeah. every each one you find is just funnier than the other one. Yeah, um, Ron Bennington, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. Can I just say something yeah. to Julia? Thank you for talking about Joan. I I think it's so important. Of course, it's really, I know it would have touched her how big this is taking it i think it really so. means a lot thank you so much no thank you so much and we're going to re-air um ron's interview with joan rivers the unmasked we're going to air it again a few times over this weekend Great. so everyone tune in we'll, we'll make sure to post all the times i think we're still working out the schedule um thank you so much ron yeah. we're going to take a break we're going to come back in just a few minutes and we're going to talk to eliza schlesinger um about joan rivers as well so stay with us it's news and notes